As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This is the Athletic Hockey Show. Hello, everybody. It is a Friday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. Haley Salvian here with you with Sean Gentilly. Sean, what's up? Welcome back. Welcome back from what? Where to Friday. To Friday. You were on the Tuesday show with Max because Craig Custance mm-hmm. doesn't do anything. I don't even know what his job is anymore. You're with Max. This is the rare. So like, welcome we have... back to Friday. This is Friday in its truest form. Thanks. Thanks. When was the last time we had a Thursday record? It's been a while. I mean, last week. Is it true? Yes. <laughs> that wasn't Friday morning. Because there were no games, so we did Thursday. That's right. uh, but that's okay. True. But this is Friday as we used to know it. Because we're not waiting for playoff games. This is regular season, off season now. Record Thursday, post Friday, Friday vibe. Welcome back, everybody. This is where we're in a silly, goofy mood. That's what everyone says when they're when they're in a goofy mood. We're in a very, very silly mood. I'm drinking my Fountain Diet Pepsi. It's a Diet Coke. I don't what? know why I said Pepsi. I don't like Diet Pepsi. It doesn't taste as good as Diet Coke. I've got my Fountain Diet Coke. <laughs> it's a really, it's really a. I'm in a silly, courageous, mood. courageous stand there saying that Diet Coke is better than Diet Pepsi. <laughs> I love a fountain Diet Coke. I'm just so random and unique. <laughs> I'm that girl with the bag of chips on her head and says, oh, my God, she's crazy. <laughs> that's a bag of frozen, frozen French fries or something, but that's OK. Oh, whatever. Doesn't matter. Anyways, we're in a we're in a good mood. It's Friday. The cup has been awarded. Vegas wins the Stanley Cup. They're all partying still. Nobody's seen Jack Eichel in 48 hours. Is that true? <laughs> no. No, I'm just making that up. I wasn't really. It was so a joke. I, I, well, I couldn't. He was, there was a picture of Jack Eichel wearing Brendan Brisson's like, player tag, the their credential thing out at the bars and there's nothing going on behind the eyes and he's wearing oh, Brendan Brisson's name tag. I'm that's like, that's great. very, that's very wow. funny. They're in, the, they're, what they're, in the, they're in the clothes switching portion of the celebration. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't been able to really stay abreast of all that stuff. I was, I feel like I was doing stuff this morning and kind of couldn't check up on those guys. I saw that the Nuggets are having their big parade day. Michael Malone, the head coach is, getting loose on the, on the mic. So I don't know, man. They oh, have a no. tough act to follow. We'll see. I'm I'm glad. I, at this point, I think the celebration stuff interests me more. Than 
Oh, totally. It, it's, it has a chance to be more interesting than uh, than the last couple of games of the final, that's for sure. Yeah, that's that's right. Uh, so the Golden Knights Parade is going to be on Saturday at 7 p.m. at Flamingo. It starts at Flamingo and Las Vegas Boulevard. Jesse oh, starts, Granger reported that. starts at Flamingo? Okay, that's cool. Yeah. And it's it starts at 7 p.m., so we're getting a nighttime parade. Feels like that's appropriate given how hot it could get during the day. As somebody who covered a summer championship parade in just Toronto, like, Toronto doesn't get as hot as Vegas in June. Oh, my uh, God. But I covered that. I was at that Leafs, not Leafs. Well, am I okay? Mm-hmm. The Leafs parade. <laughs> wow. The one they've been planning for so long? For years. Enter jokes here. The Raptors parade. After they won their championship, I was there all day. And that one was a gong show. It took forever. The city of Toronto was madness. The, you know, double-decker buses they were on couldn't move anywhere. People were getting heat stroke. There was also a shooting that happened, like, right mm-hmm. below me. It was yep. a terrible, terrible long day. So, hope everybody has a great time. Stay safe. Hydrates, even I, though it's I, nighttime. Like, enjoy the parade in Vegas. I did two But penguins. also, no. Sorry, Sean. I'm sorry. <laughs> But also, no, it's not the first championship parade in the city of Las Vegas. That, that's a good point, because the Aces We the Aces all saw Kelsey one. Plum with her cigar looking great last summer. What was... Uh, Don't forget I wonder, it. I wonder what the route was. I wonder if they started at the Flamengo. I've done two, or three, three championship parades, because I did two for the Penguins, and I did one, and I went to Cleveland to cover oh. the Cavs one whenever when, whenever they won in 2016, or whatever that was. Um, They're... It's chaos, and heat stroke is very real, and so are like random guns going off because that happened. In, that Terrible. happened in Cleveland too. It was a bizarre, bizarre experience. We'll say Vegas. I'll say this: Vegas knows what they're doing a little bit more than Cleveland or Pittsburgh does when it comes to holding events like that. So we'll see. Should yeah. be fun. Have fun, everybody. If you're in Vegas, Godspeed. Drink <laughs> some say, water. You can Mix say that. You, that's what I'm saying. You could say it, it could be about anything. You could say that to anybody in Vegas anytime. Godspeed, mix hydrate. In, <laughs> mix in a water, have some fun, make good choices, kids. Um, the Stanley <laughs> <You're> Cup. Speaking <laughs> directly to Jack Eichel here, I feel like. But, I'm yeah. talking to Jesse Granger. <laughs> we are now in full off-season mode, and the Bruins are one of the most interesting teams to watch this off-season. We're going to dive into that a little bit in our second and third segments. Sean and I have a list of our must-watch teams for the summer. And yeah, the Bruins are included on that because their cap crunch is causing me a lot of emotional turmoil. Yes, Yes. (laughs) I'm I'm having a hard time sleeping when I think about it. If I go to bed with the Bruins on my mind, I can't Mm -hmm. sleep. But first, we have some news to cover. Jesper Bratt. Signs mm-hmm. an extension with the New Jersey Devils. Eight years, $63 million. That's a $7.875 million AAV. Third highest paid player on the Devils behind Dougie Hamilton at $9 million and Jack Hughes at $8 million. A nice little nod to his jersey number as well. $63 million contract. Brat wears number 63 on the Devils. Um, he's only 24 years old. I know. Isn't that crazy? It's wild. It feels like he, he's been around for a lot longer. He just scored 32 goals, which was a career high, and put together back-to-back 73-point seasons. I like this contract a lot, and not just because it secures a foundational piece for the Devils at that Mm -hmm. kind of forward hierarchy price that we talked about last week that it looks like the Devils want to keep. They don't want to pay somebody more than Jack Hughes, although they might end up having to when we talk about Timo Meyer in a few minutes. Um, But it avoids another potential conscientious contentious jesus contentious negotiation Mm -hmm. with jesper bratt remember he signed a one-year deal last year he had arbitration rights again this season could have been difficult but it wasn't there he's locked in long term eight years 63 million what do you think sean i think a big part of this is they get jesper bratt under contract well ahead of the start of free agency right that's that's step one regardless of the number he would have been at would have been more, less, whatever. This is a crucial, crucial offseason for the New Jersey Devils because of because of Brat and because of Timo Meyer. Like this is the year where they lock in their core completely, right? If it, if you're of the mindset that Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, Dougie Hamilton, Jesper Brat, and Timo Meyer in some combination are, are the five players 
you know, that are going to make up the bulk of, you know, or we'll, we'll say that's that, that they're the guys that are gonna, they're going to be at the top of the roster. They're going to make up the bulk of, of the salary cap expenditures. You know, they needed to have this done sooner rather than later because now you have weeks ahead of, of the UFA date, even though, even though Timo Meyer, you know, has one more year potentially at, at that, at that big qualifying offer, you know, if, if need be, you have time to parse things out and, and figure it out and, you know, work under, you know, the new framework with, with Jesper Brad, uh, and incorporate it in there. So I, I think that's, I think that's a good bit of business. I think they did well to keep him under eight. I know, like you said, we just talked about that last week. It was maybe he comes in over eight because he's at a different point in his career and a different point contractually, uh, mm-hmm. than, than, than Jack Hughes was. No, he's not right. So they, so they do get to keep that kind of, um, that sort of salary structure with Hughes at, at the top long term, which I would, which I think is solid. It's a, it, it's, it's a lot of money for Jesper Bratt. He's a good bet to deliver on it, you know, really across the board. And ultimately I think this is where I land on it. It's like, these are the guys who you pay money for, right? Like, sure. and, and then having Hughes at eight is enormous. That's, that's great for them moving forward. That, that, that allows them, you know, they don't have to nickel and dime Jesper Bratt. If, if he, if it is, getting from 7.5 up to 7.8 or whatever. They don't have to play hardball, right? They can't avoid that con- that uh that contentious uh, element that you that you talked about before. So, good mm-hmm. on them. Yeah, and I mean, it's under 10% of the cap mm-hmm. right now and that's going to continue to look better as the league exits this flat cap environment. 100%. That yep. deal already looks good right now. He already looks like someone who's a safe bet to provide value on his contract and it's going to age better as he continues. Again, he's 24. So the devils look really good here. And this is just us assuming that he's going to continue to develop. I don't think there's anything that would suggest that he's not back to back. 73 point seasons is a pretty good indicator. Um, This is a guy who's going to get better. He's going to get older. He's going to have more experience under his belt. He's going to continue to grow in that way. And the cap's going to go up. So this looks if he like a pretty good piece of work. And even, yeah, even if he doesn't, if the he cap doesn't, goes up, it's not like is, they're paying him yeah, double digits. If this is, if this is who he is, like yeah. if, if he's a reliable, tw- you know, 75, you know, 70, 75 point guy uh, moving forward, that's, that's there good for them. There are worse contracts in the NHL them. right now. People, people, here's what, here's what people should do heading, heading into this, into this off season when they're looking at cap friendly and they're thinking about their teams and how, and how things are going to look moving forward. They need to start recalibrating how they think about long-term contracts now versus in a, in a year from now or two years from now when the math people are already there for sure. But I will, I mean, I, they need make sure if, if you're not, make sure you get there, I guess yeah. is, is, is what I'm saying. Right. Because yeah. a $7.8 million yes for brat on June 15th, 2023 is going to look a whole hell of a lot different than mm-hmm. on June 15th, 2024 or 25. Yeah. Like the jump is going to be significant. It could end at whatever eight million, nine million to whatever the cap's at in in a, in a year or two from now. It, it, it's significant, and, mm-hmm. and when you're talking about a guy who is already under ten percent of the salary cap, like you said, Haley, you know, it's it's only going to look better. So it's a good deal now, and it could look like a steal in two years. It's good a good deal. Good a, job, it's New a, Jersey Devils. Yep, it's a good deal if he if he doesn't get better, and if and if he does, holy hell. A plus yeah. plus plus. It's gonna look great. Jerome McGinley and Craig Conroy, bestie. It's the bestie hour. They're back. <laughs> Jerome McGinley. He has been hired as expected when we talked to Craig Conroy. If you missed that episode, go find it. Our I want to know why Conroy. Craig Conroy couldn't just break the news when when we were talking to him because we because had him it close. He was ready because it they didn't do it yet. <sighs> the news better. is that Jerome McGinley returns to Calgary. He is been officially announced and named special advisor to GM Craig Conroy. I feel like nature has healed. <laughs> I have a lot of things to say about Jerome. You have a lot of he things to say about the heart in yeah, 2002. A lot of things to say about Jerome and Craig Conroy specifically too. I feel like that relationship has popped up and a lot of stuff you've written. <laughs> <laughs> they are reunited. The old married couple, they are back in Calgary together I wrote a story when Jerome McGinley got inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame in 2020. It was one of my favorite stories to report out because I just had so much fun talking to Jerome McGinley's friends like Craig Conroy, 
Shane Doan, Jamie McLennan, uh, Jason Strudwick. It's a really funny group of people. It was a great time to just talk to them about their favorite Jerome stories. And yeah, the Craig Conroy Jerome relationship is iconic. They are besties. They were attached to the hip. They would argue pregame doing their Sudoku together. And I tweeted out that anecdote after the news. And people are like, how do you argue playing Sudoku? I think they are one person. <laughs> Craig Conroy and Jerome McGinley, they are they're a great duo. They talked about working in the NHL together. They talked about winning in Calgary together. And one thing that always stuck with me about Jerome and that I think him coming back to Calgary in this way is really significant. And by the way, we should say, I think everybody knew once Craig Conroy got named GM in Calgary that Jerome was going to follow because they are a package deal. Like that is the level of this friendship that we're talking about. But one thing that always struck me about Jerome and we know the way that Jerome McGinley kind of chased the cup at the end, right? He gets traded to Pittsburgh because he wants to win. He goes to Boston, LA, and Colorado. Unfortunately, he doesn't win a Stanley Cup. But his friends, his close-knit circle, you know, outside of the NHL, so I'm not talking about Craig Conroy, a lot of his friends were kind of pushing him, like, you got to go find somewhere else, like go and win somewhere else, Jerome. Like you've done enough in Calgary. You've tried enough. You've had the window. Go open it somewhere else. And Jerome always said to them, nope, nope, nope. We have a good team. It's going to happen. He really wanted to make that work. He really wanted to win in Calgary. And Craig Conroy was the same way. So it's really nice to see that they're going to be combining forces in the front office in Calgary. So he's just a special advisor to Conroy right now. Obviously, Jerome, as we talked about with Craig, is still going to be working. He's still coaching at Rank Academy in Kelowna. So that's going to be his full time. He's coaching his son. Um, But seeing them back together again in this way is super meaningful. Like the king is back. Nature is healed. Welcome back, Jerome McGinley. It's 2004 again, baby. It's I'm a, 10 years old. Having, having, uh, <laughs> having guys like that around is just always, it's just an undeniably positive thing. Unless you have six or seven or eight of them, which is what the, they're the Philadelphia Flyers. Are <laughs> but that, but that's not the issue entirely, right? It, um, brilliant move by Craig Conroy too. <laughs> brilliant move. Best hour. What if it's like five <laughs> years from now and. It hasn't worked out. And the flames are stuck in neutral or something. It's like, oh, you can fire me, but you gotta fire Jerome too. Good luck. Operation Human Shield with Jerome Ginla. Why would you bring those vibes into this equation? <laughs> Just it's a good saying. day. Machiavellian genius Craig Conroy has added yeah, a layer of protection he's using to his Jerome Ginla as a human shield. That's actually the real. That's the reason he did this. He's been don't he's, be fooled. He's fooled everybody all these years, Craig Conroy. Yep. I still laugh and laugh at the Canadian man talks about the weather on Boston <laughs> oh News. God. That person had no idea that it was Jerome no, Ginla. No, zero, not at all. zero idea. Not at all. And the group text that night when that blew up was going off. Did you? you I mean, I know you, I remember you talking about the, about that, like when you were writing the Aguila story. You included the, the oh, bits yes. a, a bit about that, right? That was those. I'm glad. Yes, I wasn't I sure did. if they made the cut or not. I I, I remember seeing. Yeah, it. it was basically picture this: a news reporter goes up to Ro- to Jerome near the gas station, doing a story on the weather. Will you talk to me? Jerome's daughter's like, Dad, do it. Jerome doesn't want to do it. Because, you know, he's just getting gas in a snowstorm. <laughs> but he's a nice guy. So he's like, okay, okay, they've got a hard job to do. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. And then yeah, it blows up and he gets home and it's all over. He's like, ah. Oh yeah, we're used to, we're used to snow. We're from Canada. It's like, okay, thank you. Can, thank you, uh yeah. Canadian transplant man. Okay. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'll do it. But yeah, then it ends up on TSN and Jerome's like, ah, shoot. Anyways, that's great news. Calgary. Good piece of work by the New Jersey Devils with Just Bratt. When we come back, we are going to dive into the most interesting teams of the offseason because, yes, it's offseason mode. Here we go. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. 
Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right. So the most interesting teams of the offseason, Sean. Mm-hmm. We've got a list of 10. We will try to get through all 10 without talking for 90 minutes. I don't think we have a choice. <laughs> oh, we have a choice. We <laughs> I, could make this a two-hour pod. How about pod. this? How about this? We I'm could cho- make this a two-hour pod. I'm choosing not to. How about that? We got to get ready for the Taylor Swift concert that's in Pittsburgh this weekend. Got to go buy our is outfit what, for the Eras tour. Uh, the what now? <laughs> you got to go get huh. your green sequin outfit customized for your favorite era of Taylor Swift music for the Eras tour. Is she? She? There's. A, she's in Pittsburgh this weekend. Yes. Hmm. Interesting. I hadn't heard. Okay. That's fine. We have a list. It's, a, right? it's true. We do have a list. Um, Let's start with the team that keeps me up at night. It's the Bruins. Okay. I, I was going to say, are, are we are, like, we, we have a list, but we kind of just like threw it on there. So I wasn't sure if we were going to like count down. Oh, or whatever. it's That's not fine. like, yeah, it's, this yeah, isn't fine. in order. So if you think one team's more interesting yeah. than the other, you're right. Totally. You're <laughs> right. I'm stupid. It's not in order. So it doesn't matter. Boston, baby. $5 million in cap space to sign eight players. And they have Charlie Coyle as a top-line center. I guess pa- Pavel Zaka is a, is, is a top-line center. Is that what's keeping you up at night? The idea, the idea of them going into a season with... It's the $4.9 million in cap space for me. And the fact that they only have 15 players signed. Yeah. Yeah. And it's You're the like- players that are free agents it's it's bergeron it's bertuzzi hathaway was a nice addition or love crechey uh by the way jeremy swayman he's a restricted free agent with arbitration rights i feel like Prime you're dri- i feel like you're driving you're like driving the bus on the jeremy swayman offer sheet stuff no that's like your that's that's your baby no, I think he's a prime candidate. I think that if the Bruins want to spice up the offseason, you you trade Linus Allmark. He's got two more years at That's $5 right. million. He's probably never going to be as valuable as he is right now, respectfully. He, respectfully. He's, <laughs> with yeah, respect. he's prob- probably not going to win another Vesna, right? Who does? Right? Who wins two Vesnas in the 2020s? Trade Linus Allmark, sign Jeremy Swayman. And I wonder if Swayman would be... So this is what I was thinking of when I did my goalie list. Mm -hmm. Best case scenario for the Bruins with Jeremy Swayman is that he wants to only sign a two-year contract that keeps the cap hit low so Mm -hmm. he can then sign a big ticket when Allmark's an unrestricted free agent. But then you risk Swayman being a UFA in 2025. So what you would probably want if you're the Bruins is to be able to lock Swayman in long-term, but Swayman's closest statistical comparable is Jake Ottinger. They cannot afford Jake Ottinger money with Allmark on the books and under this current cap situation. So the Bruins need to get rid of some money this off season. The most obvious candidates for the Bruins to get rid of. It's Mike Riley. It's Derek Forbert. Mm-hmm. The problem with dumping those contracts is you've got to find gotta, someone who wants gotta, Mike gotta... Riley and Derek <laughs> Forbert. Somebody, multiple people, teams, will probably be into Linus Allmark. A lot of teams need goalies. A lot of them need goalie mm-hmm. upgrades. And you probably don't want to be trading the 24-year-old option of the two. Did you know that if if Ulmerk wins the Vezina and then gets traded, he will have been the eighth 
goaltender for that to happen to. I knew that it happened to Flurry, obviously, because that was like 15 minutes ago. But trade high, trade high. Trade I didn't realize high. it happened. Flurry was the seventh dude who that's happened to in that's the history a great of the league. Stat. That's I didn't crazy. Know that. I know. I, I, I. That's why I was. I just like went went dark while you were talking about Swayman and, and yeah, because your I was eyes like, glazed over. Don't lie to me. No, I, mean, I was just I was just doing research. That's all. Yeah. Jim Jim Carrey it happened to you know. Yeah, it's very it's a very interesting team to keep an eye on. Can you convince like is Bergeron going to want to come back? Are him and Krejci going to take low tickets again? Because what made the Bruins. What makes them so compelling is last year was the let's get the band back mm-hmm. together for that was the last dance run and it didn't they lost in the first round. <laughs> so yeah. now do you have like a last dance 2.0 and you try to redo what you did last year? I mean, they can't. It's not possible. They, got, they have under five million dollars. And a bunch of holes that aren't. <laughs> that Easy aren't, ones to uh, fill. Oh, the sheer amount of them, aside mm-hmm. from Berge- aside from what yeah. happens with Bergeron and what happens with Krejci, like there's there's yeah. other there's other problems now, too. It's it's fascinating. They still have Pasternak. They still have Brad Marchand. They've got Taylor Hall, Charlie Coyle, Jake DeBrusque, as you mentioned. There are good pieces there. Charlie McAvoy, Hampus Lindholm. But you can't just surround those guys. Even if you put league minimum minor leaguer dudes in every single open spot they are still over the cap they're gonna have they're gonna have to <laughs> cut they're gonna have to cut to add there's just there's there's yeah. no way for them to do this yeah. without so, without moving out some some relevant piece keep an eye out for the bruins mm-hmm. they need to shed salary they need to sign people bruins very interesting moving on let's hit the canucks quickly here the Canucks okay. are interesting because we love Thomas Drantz. Personally. <laughs> Personally adore Drancer. But that team is interesting because <laughs> they're over the cap. <laughs> yeah. Already. And After they have a- saying that they need to shed cap space, they didn't. Not also yet, just- at least. <laughs> also, like... Elias Pettersson is eligible well, for an extension. Okay. Like, I, I mean, I know yeah. that's not. Like, that's, I was getting to that. That's not at the top of the. That's not at the top of the to do list. I, I suppose be, because it can't be because mm-hmm. they have to shed. They have to shed yeah. salary to to yeah. add to add. They add need to become term, cap but, oh compliant. Yes, but the Pettersson element is very interesting. He, yeah, Pettersson is a restricted free agent with arbitration rights in twenty twenty four. So next summer, 2024-25, and then his UFA year is 2026. So he's one year away from being one year away. <laughs> one year away from being very complicated and interesting. Who's next, Sean? You do the Jets? Yeah, let's do it. Keep it in Canada. <sighs> That's an interesting start to Murat Atesh's piece today. <laughs> right? He's like, I don't think that Pierre-Luc Dubois or Connor Hellebuck or Blake Wheeler or Mark Mark Shifley will play another game for the franchise. It's a good lead. I love it. Just like just just bang, bang, bang. Yeah. Direct. Mm-hmm. That alone, and like, is that is that a surprise? I, I don't think, you know, I, not necessarily. No. Nope. But just knowing that those guys are gonna be on uh, I we kn- we'd known about Hellebuck, we'd known about Dubois, but just to know that the the four of those guys are in play and to see it stated that way. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of stuff is going to hinge on what the Winnipeg Jets end up doing aside from, and not just their own like future as a, as, as a franchise. Sure. There's, there's going to be a lot of teams that are, that are interested in those, in, in those, in those four guys. And I think that alone makes them at the top, I, at the top of my list, honestly, what other team has four brand name players like that just on the market for, for all intents and purposes. Yeah, it Not makes many. them it makes them very intriguing because of the the quantity and the quality, right? And for the fact that it's finally going to happen. I feel like we've been talking every offseason about should the Jets be making changes? They didn't last summer. It didn't work. The biggest mm-hmm. change they made was taking the C off Blake Wheeler and bringing in Rick Bonus and Rick Bonus rightfully so ripped the team. No pushback. <laughs> leadership blah 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 mm-hmm. didn't work so looks like there's gonna be lots of bodies moving out 
of Winnipeg this summer, I think thinking of the trade candidates or the trade partners, excuse me, is really interesting Um, because I think a lot of people have bookmarked Montreal as the spot for Pierre-Luc Dubois because... For years. For years. He just wants to go to Montreal. He just wants to go to Montreal. Why would the Montreal Canadiens make that trade is my question, especially if... Now, this is from Marat, and I think this is really good context. His story was great. It's what we're hearing about Pierre-Luc Dubois, Connor Hellbuck, Blake Wheeler, and the Winnipeg Jets future that came out on Thursday morning at The Athletic. Read it. It's excellent. Marat does a great job. Marat says, it's his understanding, and this shouldn't be a surprise to anyone who's followed this team, the Jets still want to be in the playoffs next year and the revenues that come with being Mm -hmm. a playoff team. They see the value in Josh Morrissey, Nikolai Ehlers, Kyle Connor, and the next wave of players like Cole Perfetti, et cetera. So they want to cobble together a wildcard team rather than obtaining futures for these players. So if you're making a move with Montreal, you're probably asking for Cole Caulfield or Nick Suzuki <laughs> or Kirby Doc, and you're getting hung up on. So who like who does Montreal give up to make that worth it for Winnipeg? And why would Montreal do that given where the Canadians are at in their process? If Montreal had the had the kind of players who you cobble together for a wild card run, they probably would have come closer to cobbling together a wild card run. And that's not the that's not the knock. <laughs> exactly. What they're doing there, because I love the way the Canadians are, are set up. Tons of injuries right? too this season, so it was totally here. banged up. But they don't have like Josh Anderson. Maybe he make he makes a ton of money. I know the Jets have been interested him in him in the past. There's right, but if you're always, going like, Anderson on. for Dubois, you're losing that trade for sure. For sure, <laughs> you're much, well, if you're Winnipeg, is, excuse me. Well, so finding the the trade partner that is going to benefit. What each side wants to do, it's going to be really hard. And Dubois, Dubois done them a solid here by opening yes. up the field beyond Montreal, which, yeah. like, I think that was yep. a, a fair, qu- a fair question as to whether end. he was going to do that or not. Yeah. And you know, whatever the extension becomes an, a, a thing, like wh- whatever, we'll see exactly what happens there. But uh, the good thing for Winnipeg is that there's more options, I think, than we initially anticipated there being. And yeah. you know, he's you know. Pierre Dubois is a good player, big young mm-hmm. center. Like a lot, a lot of teams would be, including some on our list, would be very, very interested in having him. So we shall see. Right. Well, so let's go there because LA is one of those other teams. Colleague Eric Stevens did a very good job laying this out as well. Should the Kings trade for Pierre Luc Dubois? Why it makes sense? Why it doesn't? Why it makes sense? Kind of easy, as you said. Mm-hmm. Good young center. He's productive. He is quite polarizing in the sense that he's already. Wanted out of two teams. However, those two teams are Columbus and Winnipeg. Yeah, just two teams that are stuck in neutral perpetually. I, I feel like, I mean, with I, their I know own that. internal issues and stuff too, right? Whether it's mm-hmm. players or coach, people butting heads, things not working. So there's a bit of that polarizing part to Pierre Luc Dubois. Um, but as Eric kind of lays out, Kopitar's turning 36 this summer, Drew Doughty's turning 34. They are still very good. At their positions, they're still very good for the LA Kings. But I think there is increasing pressure to make another hard push at winning a cup while those two guys are still under contract and still effective, right? So adding a Pierre-Luc Dubois adds a bit more goal scoring to the top of the lineup, makes them deeper, makes them more better equipped to beat the Edmonton Oilers next season in the playoffs, right? That's why you trade for Pierre-Luc Dubois. But I think the same issues arise when you're looking at why shouldn't they? And it's, well, who are you giving up? Who are you okay losing? Totally. And and (laughs) what's the, what's the jets ask, you know, would Byfield be part of it? Are you comfortable trading Quentin Byfield? If, if it's a win now piece off a win now roster, like what do you do with that? There's, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of maybes and a lot of what ifs and a lot of, I don't know about that. So I think. And how much is next contract's going to cost? Can they fit that under the books? Because the mm-hmm. Kings have run what seven point three million dollars available according to Cat Friendly's estimate for next season. If Pierre Luc Dubois is going to want nine million dollars, you're going to have to lose somebody in the trade and lose. That's the some- big thing, right? Well, unless the person you lose in the trade is a big subtraction to the cap, which gives you more room to bring him in, but you might be in a spot where you're giving up an asset for the trade, and then you're giving up another asset to make the money work. It's a, it's not a, it's not an easy fit. Like it's, it's easy to look at the Kings roster and say like, oh man, they could use, 
Mm-hmm. They could use one more guy like that, but yeah. because it, but because of the ask, because of you know the asset match, and because yeah. of the cap, it's uh, it's yep. also not not a particularly easy fit. Yep. So this was what Eric said too. Moving salary is a given. It would mean parting with maybe perhaps any of the four million dollar forwards that LA has: Victor Arvidsson, Alex Ayafalo, or Trevor Moore. And then there's the cost to acquire Dubois mm-hmm. himself. So there isn't going to be some perfect fit here, I don't think. <laughs> Send them to Vegas. They always seem to make it work. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so that's something to track, and that doesn't even dive into the Blake Wheeler. Where does he go? Sure, sure. Connor Hellebuck. How much would somebody trade to get Connor Hellebuck? We talked summer? about that. On the, we talked about that on the Tuesday show. Max wants him on the. He wants him on the Sabers so bad. Matt Savoy. Really? Matt Savoy and, and and someone else because Matt Savoy play, played in Winnipeg. I want Freddie Anderson on the Sabres. And let's transition to the Sabres conversation here. So there's lots to love about the Jets this summer and follow Marat for all that. So we've grouped together, perhaps unfairly, but it's our show. It's fine. Yell at Danielle if you don't like it. (laughs) I, I I will. We've lumped together Buffalo, Ottawa, and Detroit because they are three teams on the rise in the East. Right, different. Yeah, they're, they're in different similar. ways. Similar, yeah. I, I, I was surprised, honestly, to see how different their cap situations are. I don't. Yes. I don't think I realized that the Sens had that little had that little. But money this spent. is what I did to say we have a list of ten and not, uh-huh. you know, 15. 13, yeah, exactly. 15, 16. We're talking about the whole league. Um, I want Freddie Anderson on the Buffalo Sabers because it. his sister, mm-hmm. Amelie, just signed with the Buffalo Buttes in the Premier Hockey Federation. She's the first Danish player. To sign with that league, she's a defender. Good, good stay at home. D mm-hmm. plays for the Danish women's national team. Went to the Olympics. Put the siblings in Buffalo. Sorry, love Max. It. He's a good fit too. We love Devin Levi. Damien. We said it before. Yeah, I, I certainly. We said it on on the Tuesday show at least. Twenty one years old looked unbelievable. He's the future. Whatever you want to guard against that because that team is ready to make the playoffs. Like mm-hmm. they got they they also have a lot of dudes, Tage Thompson. I know he just magically appeared, but Tage is, you know, 26 years old now or, or whatever, right? Like these guys are these guys are they're not all 20. Some of them are, but you know, the Tage the Tage Thompsons and the Alex Tucks, like these they're not babies, right? Mm-hmm. So you got to try to start the clock and try yep. to start making hay while you can. Mhm. And absolutely go out, get Freddie Anderson. The guy knows they have enough money to spend. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Because the ideal contract for Freddie Anderson's not a long term one, anyways. So I don't think so. I, I think the season, the season, I, he was great this past, the, the two seasons back, the one that ended in 2022. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. Wasn't great, was Agreed. injured. You know, there's always that issue with when goalies leave Carolina that I think a lot of teams are hep to now where, you know, sure. a goalie will look a little different in, in another environment versus what they the kind of stuff they face in Carolina. But For sure. I don't know. Makes sense. Sorry, Max. And he only played 34 games this season with modest numbers. Totally. He's, not, he's, he's really not a, good he's um, not in a, the first. He's another one. Not a spring chicken anymore, man. Freddie Anderson's what? Third, third, early 30s, 33, 34? I don't remember. I don't know. I don't know. You could look it up, but I'm not going. I was to. Gonna, I was trying. I was trying to just drag it out until, until you <laughs> looked I it up. But that's, it. Okay. but that's fine. He's 33. There you go. He's 33. He'll be 30. He'll be 34 in October. <laughs> yeah. And the Andersons are from Herning, Denmark, where I spent three weeks of my life last summer. That Shut up. Great. Seemed great. But so Buffalo is intriguing for all the things you said. Ottawa, another team. Obviously, the sale goes through. There's a level of intrigue there. Is Pierre Dorian and are Pierre Dorian and DJ Smith lame duck coach and GMs? Sounds like it. Mm-hmm. Really crappy situation for those guys to be yeah. in, honestly. Like seeing all the reports of who Ann Lauer is probably going to bring in as his guys. Meanwhile, Dorian's like getting the draft board together and free agent lists. Um, but they're interesting because that's another team that needs to take another step in the right direction this season. Um, and they don't and have also a lot needs of a goaltender and they need a goalie <laughs> and they don't have the kind of cap space that they usually would. When I was covering the Sens, it was like, how are they going to get to the cap right. for? And now it's like, okay, how are they going to maximize 
the amount of money that they have, what moves are we going to see in Ottawa this offseason? And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told. So I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. And the Red Wings. Let's make it this question, actually. If you had to pick one of these three teams to make playoffs next season, Buffalo, Ottawa, Detroit. Buffalo. You think it's the Sabres. Do yep. you think the Red Wings make the playoffs? I think no. I want to see what Steve Eiserman does this summer. Cause if they can get Alex to break it, sure. Then maybe they're a playoff team. Be honest. When you look, when you look at cap friendly and you, and you see the amount of money that the Red Wings, not just can spend, but have to spend <laughs> to get to the lower limit. They're almost $9 million below the lower limit. Hmm. I, I was take, I was taken aback by that. I'm I excited about the things that they could do with that amount of cap space. If I were a free agent, if I were an undershirt, and this is maybe the wrong the wrong year to talk about this because the free agent class is so overwhelming. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> if I'm a UFA, every year, uh, a, a high end guy, whatever, every year I'm looking at Detroit because I because I think that they're they're in a better obviously a better on ice situation, but I just feel like from a marketing standpoint, from an endorsement standpoint. From a profile standpoint, that's a sleeping giant because they mm -hmm. have. It's been it's been a long time since they've been good, and if you can, you know, if you're whatever, a Dylan Larkin type player that joins them from elsewhere, man, like you're gonna have an opportunity to make a lot of money. Totally, I like it. I think that's gonna be a draw for them moving forward. If and come when come play with Dylan Larkin and make a bunch of money, come play in a good in hockey market. Come play in an American city that has that where where people really care about the team. And where there's and where again there's a lot of a lot of sponsorship money and a lot of TV eyeballs and it's kind of and it was always it's always been a prime TV market for for uh, for the uh, for for the American networks. It's intriguing. Mm -hmm. Get some Little Caesars pizza. Little Caesars was a huge rival of mine while I worked at Domino's Pizza. Mm -hmm. It was a really bad day when Little Caesars opened in Fergus. Did you guys at the like Domino's have, Pizza yeah, on Tower? Did you guys like meet in the alleyway and like snap your fingers and no brandish we knives at each other? We just made pizzas for minimum age. Actually, it was a great <laughs> job. It was a great job. I'm still very good at making pizza. I've learned a lot of transferable skills working at Domino's Pizza. Anyways, let's go very quickly. The Penguins are on our list. We mm -hmm. talk about that team all the time. They are interesting. Mm -hmm. Kyle Dubas talking about bestie hour. Kyle Dubas and Jason Spezza. They are together again. Oh, Kyle man. Dubas gets his doctorate from Brock University. St. Yeah. Catherine's over the week. Yeah, the I saw his, the week. I saw his, I saw his grandma was really excited about it on Twitter. So good for Marietta. Good for good for Mrs. Dubas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Big day for Kyle, the Dubas clan. How Kyle is Dub Kyle? You no, know, you say it. Kyle Dubas has more than twenty million dollars to spend on players this year if he sees fit, which is very, very, very interesting to me. Um, not a and ton. He's of already got the core. Mm -hmm. Not a ton <laughs> of trade capital for obvious reasons. The Penguins have made one first round pick in the last 25 years or whatever, or whatever it's been. Um, 
so I, I we joked about Connor Garland earlier because he does seem like the exact kind of guy that you know a Dubas administration, if they had the had the ability to go out and add him to the Penguins' court, would you know maybe target. I don't know how how easy that's going to be, but they got money to spend. And Kyle Dubas in his initial press conference when he was hired as the Penguins' president, of hockey ops, he sounded more than willing to spend it. Let's say so. It'll be interesting. I wouldn't expect him to go out and sign $20 million worth of free agent contracts for, for next season, but I think that money gives him flexibility, enough flexibility to be interesting. And that's all you can do, right? That, that's, that's all you can ask for when you have a GM that's shown uh, shown themselves to be as, crea- as creative as, as Dubas has. He's, 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 he's going to have the opportunity. So mm-hmm. you know, let's, let's see who ends up uh, playing with Sidney Crosby for, for, for the last few years of his uh, – for the last two years of his current contract, let's say. Mm-hmm. Yep. We said this when he got hired, if Kyle Dubas can figure out how to fix the depth players on the Penguins, mm-hmm. they're going to be a playoff it. team again. And he's got the money to do it. And we already know that he's been able to tinker with the bottom six in Toronto with way less money to work with to varying degrees of success, we should say. There's some hits, there's some that didn't work out quite well, uh, but obviously Kyle Dubas has shown he's pretty good at shopping the bargain bin, and he doesn't really need to do that this summer. Mm-hmm. He has more money. He doesn't need to go to the thrift store. He'll be fine. Okay. Toronto Maple Leafs, they are interesting. They are to watch because it's the Leafs. Uh, <laughs> no, it's because Who of the goal. plays goal? goal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's Samsonov and Joseph Wall. That's actually not that interesting. Oh, God, really? Yeah. Sorry, Sean. Okay. Sorry to burst your bubble. Unless they want to go for some big upgrade. Like, I think Toronto was on a Connor Hallibuck trade list, but signed I think Aiden, the Leafs are signed fine. Aiden Hill for five years and $30 million. Yeah, and hope that he's just as good as he was <laughs> in the playoffs. I'm sure that'll happen. When is when is that gone wrong? He only This is the first time he started more than 25 games in a season this year. In the regular season, at least. Uh, yeah, Toronto's interesting because we're going to be watching the core four and what does Brad Tree Living do this summer. I am a bit more like stay the course because I think I've said this on the show before about different players. If you trade Mitch Marner, you're looking for Mitch Marner. Unless they find some, unless there is a trade out there that makes them better. And this is how Brad Tree Living operates. Unless there is a deal that makes the Leafs better by shipping Marner out and bringing someone else in. It's not going to happen. Tree living is not somebody who makes change for the sake of change. He's not, he would have, if he was, he would have traded Johnny Gaudreau three years before he ended up going to Columbus, you know, just because everyone told him to change the core, to make a change. It's not working. They've already had their big change. Their big change is Brad Tree living right on the show. You know, that, that I think in some ways gives some cover to the core four which is like one of those phrases I've just like gotten so sick of hearing over the last few months. It gives, but it, it does give them coverage, right? It says, all right, they get, you get one more year with them to see like how they look in a tree living administration. It's also worth noting July 1st. I don't know if you've heard this. Austin Matthews. <laughs> yeah. Something, something. Each day is going to get worse that he doesn't sign each day is going to get more aggravating and more and more stressful to for for Leafs fans certainly that he doesn't that he doesn't re up when, whenever he can. So here's my question for you: Why would Austin Matthews sign on July first? He wouldn't. Why would he? Like just reframe it, right? Obviously, if you're Brad True Living, you want to jet over to Arizona. You want to get pen to paper. You want to lock him in now. Why would Austin Matthews do that? The cap is going to go up <laughs> by the he time to, he's he actually to... an unrestricted free agent. He probably wants to see the direction of the team and who stays, who goes in the next year. Mm-hmm. Like he, by not signing on July one, he gives himself the flexibility and he can maximize his contract even more. What if he has another 60 point or 60 goal season? He would do it to do the Toronto Maple Leafs a favor. That's it. Well, players that's, need to stop why doing do favors to organizations. They need to look uh, after themselves. Totally, totally agree with you. But but that's the only conceivable reason as to why we would see, you know, 
an extension for Austin Matthews in three weeks or two and a half weeks. And hey, I'm happy to be wrong. He's My dad's trying to a be Leafs nice. fan. If Austin Matthews signs, that rocks. Because I, I understand because he has a no-move clause that kicks in on July 1, right? So that's the other element right. to this is if they find if if they find out halfway through next year, Austin goes in the office and says, I don't want to be here next season. The, and this is actually the trick because... If you're in the playoff picture and Austin slips that he doesn't want to be in Toronto, are you still trading Austin Matthews going into the playoffs? Probably not. Oh my God. You're probably just going to lose him in free agency. So I don't see a world where you, unless it happens before July 1, but I don't see them trading Austin Matthews if he doesn't sign on yeah. July 1. Now I'm spiraling. They're going to trade Austin Matthews in 15 days. because I just don't see that. No. So you're either getting like, Austin for good or he's leaving for something. Uh, now really I understand why Leafs fans are. Truly opening ourselves up to have this like clipped and put on old takes exposed or something in, in two weeks. I don't, th- I don't think Austin Matthews will get traded by the end of the month. No, that was a joke. We're just trying to walk through the options here. I'm just, I'm saying like, I'm saying I don't think that's going to happen. So whenever he is traded at 635 on on June 30th. Everybody gets to say, I told you so. Yeah. And I'll take it. I'll be happy. Yep. Who's next? All right. We're coming to the end here. I swear. I swear. Did we talk about the Kings yet? Yeah. Okay. Kings are on the list, not just because of the Dubois thing, but... They need someone uh, to play goal for them. They need need to figure out what to do with Dubois, and if they want to truly get in on that, and they need to figure out who their goal is. Other than that... Check. All good. Check. Okay. Ducks, very quickly, we're staying in Southern California. Oh, right. (laughs) The other piece of the offseason to watch for the LA Kings. I look down on my sheet, and it's like circled and starred. Oh, you have more to say about the Kings. Yes. LA Live... The home outside of the Kings Arena that was renamed to Crypto.com. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Peacock Palace. No, no, no. Peacock, Peacock Palace. Place. Oh, that's what it's called Peacock, now. Peacock Place. That's all. That's it? Okay. That's, that's the only all thing I you have to, to say. say. It'll I be great. It- I mean, it sounds horrible. LA Live is like catchy. It's like, ooh, I'm staying at LA Live. LA Live sucks See you too. At all, LA those, Live. all those. And now it's like I'm going to the Peacock place, and be like, "Where's that? What's that?" Oh, all those, Peacock all place. those places, all those like arena district names—they're all, they're all terrible. Like uh, power plants, or yeah, or, and uh, and OC vibe, mm-hmm. and that brings us to the Anaheim Ducks and their OC vibe. Ugh. The Ducks are an interesting team because they have loads and loads and loads of cap space. And A funny probably, amount, some would say. It's very comical. <laughs> A new coach. <laughs> Who you spoke with? Uh huh. You want to check Greg that Cronin, out? That's on great, the Tuesday I, show. I really, I really did enjoy talking to him. Mm-hmm. He, he was a, he was an engaging, interesting, interesting guy. Me and Max talked to him on the Tuesday show. I just said that. Just and <laughs> and they're probably going to get Adam Fantilli, maybe Leo Carlson, but I'm Team Fantilli here. I know Carlson yeah, played well. Pronman's really got he. I love it. The Pronman is Pronman uh, gassing up Carlson to Anaheim. Oh crap! No, so I'm, I'm probably just gassing wrong. up gassing up Carlson in general. Well, he had a good Worlds. That was a good showcase. It beefed up his value, but yeah. I do think Fantilli is a good fit for the Ducks. I would say so. Center. One of those guys. They're going to get a big center. Really a big, good. really good center. Big good center on the Ducks. We love big good centers, don't we, we- folks? <laughs> Listen to the Friday show if you want to hear more about Philly. <laughs> let's be honest. They um, need to spend $17 million. Yeah. You know, and but I do. wonder, are they going to start to turn the corner this year or do they have another year of another drafting really year, well? What do you think? Did they, did, what did, did they have Greg Cronin say? Did he say we're going to suck next year? Did he say we're no. going to whip these guys into shape? Any insight? Greg Cronin doesn't sound like he has a ton of appetite for Trevor Zegers to have another like quasi lost season. I think I think he's gonna. That's great. Me neither. Yeah. Justice but, for Trevor. Know. He looked so beaten down last season. I was like, I can't watch this. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor. 
they're going to have to sign some so players. You're going to make so much money in your career. <laughs> when you have as much, when you have much cap, as much as far below the floor as the Anaheim Ducks are, they're, you're interesting for two reasons. One is you're either going to go out and sign some players. They're going to try to do some John Klingberg bullshit where they sign someone and, and yeah. try to rehab them with sure. the intent on flipping them at the deadline. Or you turn to the dumping ground for other contracts. Mm-hmm. One or the other. So when you have that much cap space, also not for nothing, this isn't a situation where the Ducks have $18 million to spend and like nine guys under contract. No, they have have 15 contracts on the books, 15 NHL contracts on the books, right? Mm -hmm. So if they want to go cheap and not break the bank and not add, you know, whatever new version of Frank Vetrano and Strom like they did last year, I mean, they could easily turn into a player when it comes to moving cap space and or, or uh, moving players and and um, brokering cap space. It's interesting. Yep, ducks are very interesting. Um, okay, abs very quickly, Sean. Well, we know that they can't go into another season without they, they they've already failed once at meaningfully repla- meaningfully replacing G- Gabriel Landeskog. Right, mm-hmm. we saw that last season. They know that they're going to be without him. Uh, for the duration of the 23-24 season, so they got to go out and do it. Adding his $7 million to LTIR gives them more than $20 million in salary cap, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. But also they have other uh, other bits of business out there that they need to take care of. Devin Taves is going to be... Uh, uh, Devon Taves is, is going to be eligible for an extension in, six, in 16 days. That's a factor. You got to figure out what you're doing there. Do you extend Sam Gerrard? What happens? with a defensive group. Very interesting. But also, ultimately, this is a cup-caliber team that has a ton of money to spend, right? Like, I know they, they need to replace Landis Cog. Yes, they, they need to figure out what the salary structure is is like with their defensemen. But we're still talking about Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr and Miko Rantanen right. and these guys that, that, that won a cup less than a year ago, right? So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. They got money to spend and a bunch of good players, uh, you know, as, as the bones of, of their roster. It probably helps too that they know that Landis Gog's going to miss the whole year, right? It's not going to be this. It's not the same. It's not oh. the same situation as last yeah. year, right? Don't it's not. spend the money just to have to try to make room for him when he comes back, kind of things. Like go out and find the right replacement. They're not just looking to replace Nazem Kadri and a little bit of Landis Gog. It's yeah, we need. They to just need. They also this. need. They're, they're con- They know now that they need to look elsewhere for their yeah. improvements, right? After a yep. season of trying to figure out who's the mm-hmm. second center and is can someone it replace Landeskog on the cheap, whatever. Yeah. Those guys aren't in house. They're not. So if they want to get Abs better, they got to figure angry, out somebody to but do it. But it wasn't last year. It wasn't New Hook. It wasn't Comper. Nope. They can do that for a bit, but if that's if that if JT Comper is your two B center. You're gonna lose in the play. I'm sorry, you're, you're, you're not gonna win a cup. Probably not. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Okay. Finally, the New York Rangers. I think they're very interesting, basically because they bring up this conversation and debate that happens ad nauseum about retread coaches and what yeah. is Peter Laviolette gonna provide that somebody new couldn't, or what's he gonna provide that Gerard Gallant couldn't. And I think we forget that Peter Laviolette is like a good coach. I, mm-hmm. Things didn't go great in Washington. They had their most losses in a season last year under Laviolette. They also had a lot of injuries last season. Tons, tons of injuries. Tons of big ones to important players. Mm-hmm. I think he was the safe choice for the Rangers. It sounds like there were other people that they talked to or ideal candidates that were not available, i.e. Mike Sullivan. (laughs) And I just think, I think the easy sell to ownership, if you're Chris Drury, is look at Laviolette's track record of taking over teams and leading them deep into the postseason early and often. Like, he's not dissimilar to... Pete DeBoer. And maybe the ship has sailed on this because he didn't do that in Washington, his most recent stop. And But he did it in Carolina. He did it in Philly. And he did it in Nashville. Like, we're mm-hmm. getting these blinders of, wow, Washington was terrible. They mutually parted ways. He was not fired. And he has a track record of helping teams early. Why is that a bad thing for the Rangers who are in a win-now window? Like, we get so caught up in retread coaches 
that sometimes we forget how many good coaches are retreads. Uh-huh. Mike Sullivan. Are we really saying that the Penguins made a mistake not hiring another American or junior coach? Should yeah, they have just uh, they tried stuck it. with they another tried Mike it. Johnston? Yeah. I'm getting uh, did, angry again. It takes work. me an hour into every show to get a little yeah. bit crusty. Mm-hmm. Jeff Ward didn't work in Calgary. Did not work at all. Mm-hmm. And he was a new head coach, right? Like there is a the same. There is a track record of new coaches not working. And there is also a track record of retreads not working. Let's be honest. Like, I have no problem with teams getting off the carousel. Greg Cronin, great example. The Anaheim Ducks, why would they need to go out and get some veteran coach? Go out and try the new young guy. Give Not even the young guy, because Greg Cronin has a mm-hmm. very lengthy resume. Well, he, just hasn't been the, an, he just hasn't been an NHL head coach. Calgary Flames. They go with Ryan Huska. Awesome. Great. I was on board for the Mitch Love hire there. I have no problem with first-time NHL coaches. But we get so wrapped up in retreads being this terrible thing. I mean, worked for Bruce Cassidy in the Vegas Golden Knights. Every situation is different. Exactly. Some, ro- some rosters call for different some ro- rosters call for a different personality type, a different resume, like whatever. And not for nothing, the Rangers tried to hire David Quinn as a first-time NHL head coach with a lot of the guys currently on this roster. It yeah, so work. it's probably a pretty er, like a not so distant example of in, let's in Lavi- go for yeah. let's go for a vet this time. In Laviolette's not some inspiring choice, right? Like he's no, a definition no. of like a lifer NHL head. He's coach, the easy but- choice, right? I think that was the way that I put it. He's the easy, he's the safe choice. But the kind of rosters that he took over in Philly in Nashville and immediately elevated them, they're a lot more similar to the Rangers than the Caps are. It's a very convoluted way of saying that, but those, but those teams were like, you know, in their prime kind of youngish groups that leveled up whenever, when, uh, whenever he took over and the caps, you know, say what you will about them. Great as they've been. I I don't think anybody's, you know, it's not, not a apples to apples comparison there. Nope. So I think it's going to be interesting to see. Is he the right coach for this team? Maybe the retread was the wrong choice. Maybe the Washington Capitals in the last season was um, the sign that he's going to be past his prime and he's not a good coach. I don't know. So it's going to be interesting to watch the ways in which he maximizes the Rangers in a way that Gallant couldn't when it mattered the most. Because that's at the end of the day, I feel like that's what's going to matter with the Rangers. See in the postseason, see, see how you did. They're at the point now where a good regular season isn't going to be satisfying for people. Oh God, no, no, because they had they had one, yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it wasn't right. Yeah, but uh, no, and then then you throw in the fact that you know uh, got some cap space. What mm-hmm. happens with Patrick Kane, who's coming off hip surgery? How does how does that factor in? What ends up happening with? Uh, with like long-term deals potentially for mm-hmm. Alexi Lafreniere is a restricted for, free agent this summer. He is yep. not are eligible though. So a little bit easier of a negotiation. Same with Keandre Miller. He needs a contract. So they have 11 million, they have 11.7 million in estimated cap space on cap friendly, but they've got some important young pieces to lock in. What are some of the other things that they can do to improve their roster? Cause I think that's the big question, right? Was it the roster that was the problem or was it the coach? So do they need to make changes to the group both. or was it the coach that need to make a change? Yeah. It's probably a mix of both. So they've got the new coach and now what are they going to do with the, with the roster? Shall see. We shall see. It's June do we, 15th. Do we with 10? Yeah. Well, 10. If you Asterisk. include Buffalo, yeah. <laughs> Ottawa, Detroit, I'm sorry for those fans. The Atlantic, I wanted to the talk Atlantic about you. Division. That's what I can provide. The Atlantic division yeah. super team. Okay. Yeah, exactly. It's the super team. Oh, that's like team North America, but it's team Buffalo, Detroit, Ottawa. They yeah. are in a, they're very close geographically. It's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could drive, you could drive in that little triangle. You don't have to cross the border either. They're all the same. All right. That was our little off-season preview, kind of. Buffalo Canadian. We're going to have way more. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> we are going to have way more off-season content coming. We are. We have one more show before the draft. So maybe we'll get 
Corey Promen on the show. Well, that would no, that wouldn't make any sense because Corey has a show on Fridays. He's got his own show. So maybe we'll get Scott. Scott Wheeler. <laughs> I don't like that guy. <laughs> I don't like him. He did his superlatives today. He he, he publishes like best shot, best skater, best vision, etc. This did afternoon. Connor Bedard went all loved them? it. <laughs> he won best goalie too. Wild. <laughs> he's so impressive. I think he's gonna go first. Lots of off-season content coming for you guys over the next couple weeks before we head on a little hiatus. I always I like close. sabbatical over hiatus. Sabbatical? Yes. Why? It sounds very academic. Taking a taking a sabbatical to work on my to work on one of my many my many hobbies. Uh, my, my many books. Um, I'm doing a research sabbatical. Oh. P- professor at University of Pittsburgh. Okay. That's nice. Well, not right yet because we've got lots to still go off on. Uh, the draft is mentioned. One more show before that. And then free agency opens right after. Lots of things going to be happening what? over the next couple. It's crazy over the next couple weeks. Uh, so catch us all here on the Athletic Hockey Show, specifically on Fridays, though. Specifically mm-hmm. on Fridays. Not on Mondays with Ian Mendez. Or on Thursdays with Ian Mendez. And we just want to remind you all, if you are not an athletic subscriber, you can join us at theathletic.com slash hockey show to get an annual subscription for $2 a month for 12 months. Thanks, everyone. Don't listen to Ian Mendez. <laughs> 